Good morning, Somas Church. Welcome. It's a little empty here this morning. There's not uh, me and the preacher about it. And this kind of reminds me of a story of a young cowboy who was traveling across the country on his horse and came into this western town and saw a church there. And he came up and walked in the building. There wasn't a soul there, very much like this morning. And he saw the preacher up there and he said, uh, sir, you know, you don't need to preach just for me. I'm, I'm just traveling through. Why don't we just sing a song and say a prayer and, and we'd be done with it. And the preacher said, young man, he said, if you were traveling out across the prairie and you had a, a load of hay and you came across a poor starved little calf out there, wouldn't you stop and, and feed that calf? And young cowboy said, yes, sir, I guess I would. So he said, well, you sit down there and let me preach to you. So they got and sat down. He sat down and the preacher got to preaching and he preached for an hour and a half. And uh, <clears throat> when it was all done and said, they were walking out the back door and the preacher, uh, young cowboy said to the preacher, he said, you know, sir, he said, you know, you're right. He said, if I was, if I was going out across the prairie and I came across a starving cow, I, I guess I, when I had a load of hay, I guess I would stop and feed him. But he says, I don't think I'd have dropped the whole load on him. Well, Hopefully our pastor this morning uh, isn't going to drop the whole load on us. <laughs> but uh, we're just uh, so happy that you are with us. Um, it blesses my heart every Sunday morning to be able to sit and, and hear uh, what Gary has to say to us, which is uh, specifically and perfectly written just for us uh, at Somas Church. And it's, it's the things that he knows we need to hear, and the Holy Spirit knows the things that we need to hear as well. And he's putting them in his, in his mind and, and his heart.
rest in His righteousness alone. Faultless to stand before the throne. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's together and let's ask God to uh, touch us and to um, open our hearts to his word. Father God, we love you so much and we thank you how you have protected us and kept us healthy and safe through this difficult time. And we know that you will continue to do that and that you will bring about your will in the hearts and lives of those who've committed themselves to you as we have. So Father, we pray now for our pastor as he speaks, open his heart and his mind um, give him remembrance of all the things that he's prepared for us to hear. May it change us. May it mold us through your word to become more like your son, Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I'd like to say a special greeting to my friend Pete. He says that he's listened to every sermon online from his bed since the community shut down. God bless you, Pete. Love you, man. I pray wherever this podcast finds you that you're doing well. Would you please turn into your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. If you've been watching the news, the world is focused upon the suffering of those who have COVID-19. When the news is reported, there is an up-to-date death count. We watch the rising number of those who have succumbed to the pa pandemic in Venture County alone, that number is presently 16 deaths. The number of deaths in the U.S. is around 50,000, and worldwide it is over 200,000. And when we hear these numbers, they're more than just statistics to monitor. They are personal markers. Some of us know a person from this account, and we grieve that they are gone. These numbers become personal because we have thought we could be in this count. Death is real. We know we're going to die one day. The question remains when and how. Death is the ultimate bad news. But for a believer, there is news that overrides this dark news with what is extremely good news. This morning, I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. In this encouraging and powerful chapter, Paul writes about two extremes, death and life. These two polar events played out 
at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul reports that death and life entered into a ring to fight it out. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ gave death its own death blow. Forever to be defeated. Did you get this? You see, our greatest enemy of life is death. For a believer, it has been eternally knocked out. Death has lost. Its grief has been swallowed up with good news. Now I want to speak to you today about that good news. You see, Christians have phenomenally good news about people who are facing death. Like what Catherine Marshall said, she said, God is the only one who can make the valley of trouble a door of hope. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, let's read starting in verse 1. Paul writes here, he says, Now, let me now remind you, dear brother and sisters, of the good news, or in some translations, the gospel, which means the same thing, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcome it then, and you stand firm in it. Now, let me be real clear here. This good news is for everyone, right where you are. The good news is only is the only a benefit if it is received and if one will stand in it. It is this good news, as Paul goes on in verse 2, it is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. And as we look at verse 3 and verse 4, it defines what the good news is. We need to hear this kind of news today because it will drown out any bad news that we may receive. If we receive this truth and we stand upon it, when bad news knocks on our door, this news isn't bad because this good news is greater than anything that we may experience. So you say, what's the good news? Here's what Paul says. Let's look at verse 3 and verse 4. He says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. And just as the scripture said, he was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day just as the scripture said. Now, I want you to underline or circle the words most important. Verse 3. See, when Paul writes this letter to the church at Corinth, he comes to this part of the scripture. And I believe we can almost feel the, his demeanor change as he prepares to share something that is of extreme importance. He writes, inspired by the Holy Spirit, this good news is serious as death is. He is saying, what I'm telling you is of extreme importance. It is a matter of life and death. In the ESV, it says this. He said, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. What Paul is trying to tell us is that you must get this before we move on. 
It's a first truth. It's a bedrock of belief to build on. Now, here's the reason for the importance, this good news or the gospel, is that for the Christian, it is the only foundation that we can build upon. You see, you remove this good news and Christianity implodes. The church ceased to exist. Now, some preachers of the gospel go ride their Harley on Sunday. Our Sunday mornings become free to do what we want to do. Notice that Paul said this news had been passed on to him. In other words, he isn't making up the news. He is just a news reporter. This is what we are as believers. We share the good news as our family and friends, they need to hear this message of hope. The truth is, if you have the God of the Bible and only God, you have hope, you're in a perfect place. This is great news. Let's break down what the gospel is in these two verses. The first two words of the gospel is Christ and death. Christ died. Now, literally, God became human to die as a human. John 1 talks about this. He said this was his life purpose. This is why the cross is the common symbol of Jesus Christ. Life, Jesus came to live so that he might die. Christ died. The first two words of the gospel. As we think about this, Jesus had to die to experience all that we would experience in life. Last Sunday, we read from John 11 that Jesus experienced losing someone who he was close to, Lazarus. When you lose a loved one, Jesus knows what you are going through because he has lost loved ones as well. When Jesus was on the cross, he faced death in the eyes. He knows what it feels like in those final moments of life. This is extremely valuable as we will die one day. And the good news, our God knows what that means. We have a God who has felt life like we have experienced life. And there's no other one like him. Our God is in a class all to himself. The good news is that Christ died, but it just doesn't stop there. He died for our sins. His death has purpose that is both extremely important and personal for us, for you and I. Now, what does it mean that Jesus died for our sins? You know, many people have died horrible deaths for a righteous cause. How does the death of Jesus do anything for our sins? Now, I want you to listen closely. This is important. At some point before Jesus died, an awesome spiritual transaction took place. God the Father laid upon God the Son, all the guilt and wrath our sin deserved. And Jesus bore it in himself perfectly. 
totally satisfying the wrath of God in our place. Jesus paid for our penalty of sin. Like what the prophet Isaiah said in that famous chapter, Isaiah 53, he said at best 700 years before the cross, he said this, he was despised, talking about Jesus. He was despised and rejected a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet, it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. That's powerful. It's hard for us to understand all the sins, all the thoughts, all the wrong deeds, all the actions, not only of my total life, but the world was laid upon him for you and I. Christ died for our sins. The good news is that in Christ's death, he experienced the judgment of God, the wrath of God, so we wouldn't have to. And our sins were responsible for the death of Jesus. He did not die for a political cause or, in, or because he was an enemy of the state or, or for someone's envy. Jesus died for our sins. Your sins, my sins. Jesus did not die as a mere martyr for a cause. My sin and your sins nailed Jesus to the cross. My friend, Jesus Christ absorbed the wrath of God so we wouldn't experience his holy anger. This is great news. The great news is that Jesus died for our sins. Now, here's some more good news. It's good news that Jesus was buried. Now, why is that good news? It gives us evidence that he really was dead. This wasn't a magic sleight of hand trick. It wasn't smoke and mirrors. It was real death. Christ was buried in the grave. And listen, the reason they buried him is that he was dead. No one was standing outside his grave questioning whether Jesus is alive. He was buried for three days to give proof to the doubters. We go on in the scripture. We won't take time, but if we were to read further past this passage of scripture this, this morning, we'd find that he gives evidence of those who witness Jesus after he was risen from the grave. I want to give you one final thought about the good news. This good news swallows up bad news. And that he was buried, Jesus was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. 
What does that mean? It means this. If the cross is the payment for our sins, the empty tomb is the receipt showing that the perfect Son of God made perfect payment for our sins. My friend, that is the greatest news that you and I could hear. The payment itself is of little good without the receipt, and the receipt has been made because Jesus is alive. The resurrection of Jesus seals the deal of our salvation. It completes the good news. It finishes the book of life on a happy ending. Jesus Christ is our first fruit from the grave, and we are his harvest. When we read the New Testament, it's a prominent theme. As those that were preaching and teaching in the churches, they would continue to bring up the resurrection of Jesus Christ because it is, is our foundation. It is the gospel. It is the good news. And this is why we love to talk about it as well. It's good news that fits the worst situation that we could ever experience in life. It gives us the blessed hope beyond death. In our world today, COVID-19 appears to be our enemy. It seems it has unrestrained power to provoke fear and anxiety and confusion and to cause pain and death. And like death itself, COVID-19 seems unstoppable. In this arena, however, Paul reminds us of the good news, that the authority of Jesus Christ comes from above. The Lord himself summons us to a life of hope and calls us to be instruments of peace. After the resurrection, Jesus made his appearance in the upper room with the disciples. The presence of the risen Christ changed the mood in the room. Despair had been lifted. The atmosphere was transformed as they received the good news. The Lord Jesus Christ has risen. The risen Savior, the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives us life before death, gives us life through death, gives us eternal life after death. With the presence of the risen Jesus Christ, the mood had been changed. The atmosphere had been transformed. Jesus Christ is alive. Paul closes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 with these words of hope. And I read, Paul says, And when our dying bodies has been transferred, transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is, a, is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong, immovable, always work, enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. I find that the resurrection of Jesus Christ reveals that death is not the end for the believer. 
It is just the beginning, my friend. If you have not received the good news, you cannot stand on this good news. It has to be received and put your faith and trust on this. Christ died for our sins. He was buried, but he rose from the grave on the third day, and he's alive today. God's not willing that no one should perish, and he invites you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you've received Jesus, listen, we have a world that is saturated with terrible things and tragedy, and there's things that are, are just so dark. And we have the good news. We are just like Paul, to be news reporters of the good news that Christ has died for us. He's paid the penalty for our sins. He is alive. We need to share that with our friends and family. Heavenly Father, you are so loving and gracious that you would send your son to experience pain and death for our sake. There was no way out of our pit of sin. It's hard for us to understand how you were willing to come down and live like we live, die like we die, so that one day we can live like you live. We thank you. In the glorious name of the risen Christ, amen. Thank you.